Hi everyone, welcome to the B2B Sales Podcast. I'm Thibaut. And I'm Ara. Every week, we interview thought leaders, experts, and top performers in B2B sales. During 30 to 45 minutes, we will deep dive into topics like modern prospection, pipeline management tactics, or innovative sales tools to help you navigate the complex world of B2B sales. We're on a mission to change the way society sees sales. This profession is one of the most rewarding ever, yet many people are afraid to do sales or they choose this career by default. This podcast is brought to you by Sales Labs. If you want to know more about our sales training and coaching programs, go to www.saleslabs.io. It's www.saleslabs.io. So get ready for your dose of sales wisdom and enjoy the show. So hi, everyone. Thanks a lot uh, for being into, you know, coming to this new episode of the B2B Sales Podcast. So today, a uh, guest is actually someone you may have seen a lot on LinkedIn. You know his face, you know his voice. Uh, so it's um, Alfie Marsh. So it's Alfie Isa Marsh. So I'll call you just Alfie Marsh, man. Uh, and uh, yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, it's, it's really cool to have you. And uh, yeah, it's, you're kind of a famous voice in the world of sales. Um, and it's, yeah, it's, it's pretty, pretty impressive to have you there. So um, for the people who actually don't know you, can you maybe tell a bit more about you, uh, where you're coming from and what you're currently doing? Yeah, sure. So, I, you know, my name is obviously Alfie, as you, as you mentioned. Um, so I'm actually originally from uh, London and I, I moved over to Paris about two, two and a half years ago to join Spendesk. Uh, I was about the, I think, the 20-something employee in the company at the time. Mm-hmm. We were uh, just towards the end of our seed stage of funding. Um, we announced the, the Series A shortly after I joined. Uh, and I've since seen the company grow from 20 to over 160 plus in that time. We've just um, uh, a couple of quarters ago raised our Series B uh, and, and expanding globally. So that's kind of what I've been getting up to in, in the last couple of years. Okay, sweet. And uh, you, you, I think you, you started, so we, we talked about that off. You started like uh, uh, on the UK market, you kind of grew that and now you, you want to some kind of other market a bit bigger now. So can you maybe tell me a bit more about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, yes, yeah, so at, at Spendesk, we're in um, four different markets at the moment. So we have offices now in London, uh, Paris, Berlin, uh, and San Francisco. Um, so with our Series B, our, our kind of main goal was to double down in the markets of you know where we're present already and open up new markets. So uh, my experience in doing the kind of you know naught to seven figures in the UK market uh, kind of put me in, in good stead to to do that again and and, and go through that um, you know very early entrepreneurial stage of opening up a market, but in the US. So it's a it's a much bigger market, lots of new challenges. So very excited about doing that. Okay, so are you going to relocate to San Francisco or somewhere there? Yes, indeed. Okay. Yeah, very shortly. In, in the process of doing that now. Okay, I hope you get, they give you a rise because it's going to be hard to pay your, your rent <laughs> if you go there. <laughs> it's very true. It's, 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 it's a different cost of living to Paris, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. even though Paris is super high, uh, San Francisco is just the highest ever. So yeah, cool. True. Yeah, good. So so today, you know, like it, like something is... Uh, I have to say, so uh, you you inspired me to do like a really cool post that actually worked really well. So I posted like, a, it's not a post, it's a comment that I posted on the Dave Garrett, um, you know, he did a, a comment and he talked about, I don't remember something like leadership or something. And, um, and in details, I can link again to that. I was explaining uh, that sometimes you feel threatened by, by other people who are standing out and doing si- something similar as you. And that was the case with you. So I saw you were a guy more or less the same age doing like social selling and crushing it 
on the uh, on LinkedIn, like, and I was like, damn, this guy is super good. I don't know what he's doing, why he's having so many posts and everything. And then I thought, okay, what can I do? I can hate this guy or I can actually invite him, <laughs> get to know him, learn about him. And actually that's, I'm really happy I did that because you're really a cool guy. And, uh, and that was a really great learning in terms of, uh, you know, how to be a leader and everything. And just like, you know, when, when you feel threatened by someone, it's actually often a good sign that this person is doing something right. And uh, yeah, so, so I, that's, that's why I wanted to invite you because I think it's, uh, you're doing a great job and yeah, that's, that's why. Thank you. Oh, that, that's really, really kind of you. I, I think it's, um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely know, know the kind of feeling when, you know, when you see people doing what you're doing and they're successful. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I, I'm in sales. So I'm a very competitive person nonetheless. But uh, I, I think that um, it, it's, it is really great because actually what, what you learn and this has been quite an interesting experience really because I've started following a lot of people that aren't even uh, in the sales industry on, on LinkedIn and, and purely from that kind of perspective, just to see, you know, what are people doing, how are they having success and, you know, following other people in other industries. And it's, it's really interesting to see different people's takes on it. And when you take it from that perspective as these people are absolutely smashing it or crushing it, how can I learn from that? And, and what kind of things can I take away? And, and when you come from that kind of, uh, you know, mindset or perspective, it's a, it's a really steep learning curve. So it's been really fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and it's, yeah, I think it's really about that, understanding how others are doing it. And when they, they are, yeah, crushing it in general, like on LinkedIn or in general, we're just competing against ourselves and not against the others. We all yeah. start at different stages, different markets and everything. And I think it's, it's important to say, okay, you're competing against maybe yesterday's post, you know, and, and this, this is the kind of thing you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, and when and I don't know the exact statistics, but I think in, on, on LinkedIn, it's like, you know, 1% of people are producing their own content. Mm -hmm. uh, and then out of those, there's only like one or 5% actually doing video content as well. Yeah. Uh, and when you think of um, it, it, platforms like Instagram or Facebook, I think a lot of people are aware that you know, organic reach has been absolutely crushed and, and mm -hmm. it's just very difficult to do that, which is natural. They've got everyone on the platform mm -hmm. um, and so you have to pay to get that reach. Whereas LinkedIn is in, in terms of um, growth, yeah, it's, it's a fairly old company, but actually it's very early in its stages of uh, moving into a content sort of producing platform. Mm -hmm. uh, and there really, really isn't that many people producing content and good content. And I probably follow most of the people that are doing that. So my feed's kind of, you know, full up but for yeah. most people that's not the case and so it it's an incredible place to start and i think that uh, given you know 12 24 months that opportunity is probably not going to be there so yeah. i think you know if anyone that's listening to this it's if, if you want to start start today and yeah. really leverage that whilst you can get that engagement i mean if you're looking at things like instagram there's more content on the platform than there are people to actually uh, watch it or, or, yeah. or see that so the, you, the algorithms have to be very selective so here it's the other way around so the the, the, the equation is in your in your favor basically yeah so th yeah that's that's i totally agree on, on that and and i think the opportunity won't be there all the time but something that is good is there's so many different type of content so it's uh what you're doing for example you're doing text-based content video uh you're going to be talking on a podcast here uh and this is this is like kind of a diversif diversifying your, your kind of portfolio of content you know linkedin is promoting right now text-based now they actually s switch to slides you know like if you do documents yes. Yeah. And so it's great to have these kind of things so you can, you know, you won't be lost when they kind of uh, de de uh, deprioritize other type of content. Absolutely. And it's something that, you know, when we spoke about um, before actually you know, recording this podcast, I was thinking about that and kind of tips in what to produce. And there's lots of different um, types of things that people are doing there. Like you said, there's text, 
there's videos, there's these PowerPoint presentations, there's more informative storytelling, there's all these different types of things that you can really do and articles and so on. And they work to different, different degrees, but it's also, um, firstly, it's important to not get too focused on which type to produce and just start mm -hmm. producing and let, let the, the platform educate you as to yeah. what works or not. But I think that something that's worked well for, for me is having that diversity. So in, in a week of posts, I tend to just do from maybe my, uh, Monday to Friday, maybe sometimes the Sunday. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll try and focus on, okay, Tuesday to Thursday is going to be the, the biggest engagement one. So I want to have yeah. the ones that will have the biggest engagement, typically the text ones in, in that time. Uh, but mixing it up with things like video. So I, I tested a lot with videos and to varying kind of degrees of success and, and failure. Um, so they tend to get less engagement because ultimately someone's not necessarily going to sit through three minutes of video yeah. to get the value that you could just write, you know, see in 10 seconds of text. However, it does have a much different um, value add, which is uh, your personality is really shining through. Yeah. And in, in sales in general, we always talk about, you know, triangulation of uh, when you're trying to penetrate an account, uh, hearing your voice in a voicemail, sending a video message, all these different things. And it, it adds that kind of personality. So very quickly, people feel, um, you know, the kind of personality of who you are and what you're about. And so they may not necessarily get as much engagement or people watching that the whole way through, but they definitely recognize who you are. And I think that has a really powerful, um, you know, addition to the text content yeah. that you may put out. Yeah. Exactly. And so, so if you, if like, so there's a lot of people that are often asking, you know, I don't have much experience. Um, I don't know what to talk about. I, I don't believe anyone will actually want to listen to what I've say, I have to say. So if, if you have someone like, let's, let's narrow that to people in sales, SDRs, account executive who actually want to start posting on LinkedIn, what would mm -hmm. be a few tips of where to start? What would you suggest actually? Yeah. So the very first one I would say is try not to overthink, overthink it um, because you end up having analysis paralysis and you just won't get started. And there is an element of like the first you know, few weeks or months or however long it is going to be. There's a, a case of executing to see what works and what, what you feel comfortable and passionate about talking over a long period of time. <clears throat> and so you will find it. Um, so don't overthink it in, in the beginning. Um, but having said that, I think I heard a few different um, people talking about this topic and, and interesting uh, advice. So one uh, is kind of take where you are in, in terms of your level of seniority or your experience, uh, and then talk to people either on the same level or someone who's been in the job that you've been in before. So for example, where I'm uh, at the moment, I've spent my career in, as an SDR, as an account executive. I've now, uh, this is like the first time in the last year and a half that I've managed a team of people and grown a team. So my main sort of focus is to help those people that is kind of fresh in my own career. So many SDRs, account executives and those sales topics. Um, so I think that's a, a really good way to start. Um, and obviously, if you're just starting out, there is this element where people say, okay, be a thought leader but I think that is a bit of BS to a certain degree because what 20 year old that's just come out of college or university is really an expert in their field yes if you can get knowledgeable but you're never going to be a thought leader after one year of kind of in the company um, but you don't necessarily need to create you can curate content uh, and so there's lots of different things out there there's lots of different tools and things that you can amalgamate content and articles that you read and be the medium in which you share that knowledge with the audience so i think one a better way to see that is if you are more of a, a you know a junior person fresh in your career Talk about the journey that you're going through, learning what you're going through. Uh, it doesn't have to be this is the right way or the wrong way to do it. But hey, I read this article today. Um, I, I tested out this cold call method uh, and this really worked and this really didn't. Like, what, what do you think? 
and, and so there is always a way for someone, regardless of your level of expertise um, and experience to really produce content. Uh, and having said that, um, in some of the people that I followed outside of um, my own industry of sales, uh, there's, as I have to, I'll have to maybe write after in the notes to actually put the link to the profile, but there's a profile that I watched and it started going from 2000 uh, uh, connections to about 10,000 and engagements insane. Uh, and like literally hundreds and thousands, if, um, if not more of likes and engagements in a very short period of time. They've been posted roughly about the same time as myself, but all of the content is nothing to do uh, with the job that person is doing. It's stories about their life, about their day. They, it's, and I think that really goes back to when you're in sales and you learn about this limbic side of the brain uh, and then your more analytical side. And we always have to try and appeal to that limbic system, that animal brain. And really, that is through storytelling. People are much more likely to engage and feel you if they hear a story. Uh, and that's something the people in my own company that aren't in sales and they're in engineering or product, they will still listen or, or read the post and find that interesting because there might be more of a story about it and they can connect with that, even though they're not even in my industry. And I think that's a, a, it's a really useful um, sort of way to think about it. That's really, I really love the, this, this actually point of view because often, you know, you see a lot of people who are in sales and typically selling kind of sales solutions. So it makes sense to talk about sales. It's very, you know, if you're selling chorus or gong, you know, it's very easy to talk about sales and then people come and say, hey, you know, it makes a lot of sense. But yeah. whenever you talk about your struggle, for example, if you're selling to CTOs or CFOs, one thing I would do is actually say, hey, just started the job, trying to get in touch with CFOs and whenever I, I manage to do it, I have no clue what they're talking about. You know, they talk about this term, this term, this term. Can anyone help me there? And there, yeah. you know, it's like the CFOs, like the people who are in this environment will more likely, you know, jump and help. And I think that's a great, great thing to actually you know, without having too much knowledge about a certain industry, just being like authentic and vulnerable. And I think it works pretty well. 100%, 100%. That's good, yeah. And um, so there's also like uh, one thing I really liked, you know, you started doing kind of selfies videos like with your phone, very simple, you know, and it was really cool. We could hear your voice, see your smile. And then it kind of switched to something where it was like, what the heck happened? Does this guy have like a full production team or what happened? You know, like background lighting and, you know, it was really cool. So yeah. can you maybe share the story of, of how you started doing the, your first video and how you arrived to the level you are right now? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, just a bit of background, and this is more in, in my own personal life, but I'm quite interested in photography and, and videography, uh, just app completely non-related to work. Um, and so I bought a camera a few years ago, started getting into that and editing and it really just kind of like passion projects, really. Um, and I read um, a book called Now Discover Your Strengths. A bit non-related, but it's a really great book for anyone, especially if you're starting out your career. Um, but it's really defined, um, it helps define what your talents are. And the point of it is start with, anyone can work really hard um, and get really good at something. But if you figure out what you're talented at and then work really hard, you'll be exceptional at that. Um, and so when I was going through these things, there was different areas that I'm really passionate about and I really enjoy. And I was like, oh, how can I kind of more introduce that into uh, my career so I can really leverage that? Uh, and so that kind of side of like the creativity and like creating something I really enjoyed. So um, again, going back to what I said right before, 
execution today is always better than perfection tomorrow. That, that's not the case if you're a surgeon or a doctor, but in the startup world and environment, that's, um, it, it's kind of the, the rule. You need to be able to execute. So, you know, for me, it was a case of, it doesn't matter what the quality is. I just need to put a phone in front of myself, uh, film some value and see how that goes and really learn. Um, you know, all the while I'm in the background kind of testing with my own video cameras and, and learning how to create lighting and stuff like that. Uh, and there's some great YouTubers. I mean, I, I follow some YouTube channels, again, nothing to do with you know, sales or, or tech or startups, but really in that kind of creative space. Um, there's a guy, Peter McKinnon, he's, he's got a, a, a ton of subscribers and he's really into the beautiful kind of videography and cinematic stuff. But again, I thought there's, a, there's definitely a gap in the market for having something that is really high value but also beautiful to watch and interesting and it's kind of this idea of valuetainment rather than and that's why i think where linkedin is gonna go more and more towards that because there'll be a lot of people that actually do provide value but the people that will actually stand out are the ones that are entertaining and they have high quality in there so i thought okay there's no one really doing that kind of youtube style high quality studio sort of stuff and producing that uh, in bite-sized bits on, on, onto LinkedIn. So I wanted to test with that. Um, and so I kind of uh, got some of my lighting stuff and, and put that gig up in my in my uh, apartment and uh, started recording away. So, you know, that's that's a fairly recent um, uh, recent adventure that I started going down. So we'll see how that goes. But it definitely does require a bit more time to do um, just in terms of setup and, and editing. And um, so I try and do that for things that could be repurposed elsewhere. And, you know, if you're going to do a YouTube channel as well, for example. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think that's, that's a really good kind of, um, yeah, that's a really good choice you made, like being able to kind of provide value in a very kind of aesthetical way because everyone's like with their, you know, iPhone and, and just posting these kind of things. So it's like, it's, it, yeah, they, they all look the same and, and for people it's not so engaging, but, but when you see like a really good lighting and everything there, you're like, well, that's pretty cool. And so people have a tendency, I would say to engage more with that. Yeah. But if, if I was like, like SDR, I mean, like, let's take, let's take the case for me. You know, I'm, I'm doing a lot of content and everything. I'm thinking a lot about videos, but I'm like, for me, it's kind of scaring me to, to start doing it. Like I'm not scared of having, putting videos that are really well done professionally. I kind of have, you know, that plant, but like, if I want to start providing small bits of value as of like tomorrow, what should I do? So my kind of strategy that has pretty much stayed the same since, since I started was, um, I'm, I'm producing content on things that I'm literally training and coaching my own team on and working on every day in the company. Uh, I'm having these conversations all the time. So I don't, I don't have to go home on a Sunday and then think of all these things that I want to, I want to create. And I definitely, that's why I think it's really good to start with trying to produce content on something a, that you're passionate about and something that you're in the process of learning and talking about in your, in your day to day. Um, and so for me, for example, I just take my iPhone, I get my notes or voice notes. And every time I'm having a conversation, they're just like, Oh, that could be, that could be a really interesting thing to, to post about, for example. Um, and I think that's kind of, you know, I'll be going through a, a discussion on a deal with one of my reps uh, and there'll be like a, a value piece there of like a tip of how to get better. I'm like, okay, that could be valuable to someone else. And so I just write these ideas down on the a, on a notes on my phone. And then towards the end of the week, I'll kind of review that on a Sunday. 
spend a couple of hours and then I'll just make sure that I then re, you know, repurpose that into a, either a good story or the right kind of text to actually post on LinkedIn. And so it happens really fluidly. And I, I've got like a whole kind of library of things that just pop up into my head. And uh, I think that's kind of like the best way. Just think of like what things interest you on a day to day and just start talking about them and write them down. And, and it's interesting because if you write them down all the time, you completely forget about it by the time you come to the weekend. But then you realize you've got this whole library of really cool stuff. You're like, oh yeah, that, that's going to be a really great post and especially when it's it was fresh and then you've forgotten about it and come back to it you can make sure that it's really tailored to be high quality okay yeah yeah so i think capturing ideas as you said like curating uh, and not only creating original content is a, is a great way you know it's for me it's kind of being like a dj but for content you know <laughs> so like a dj just take like two tracks and mix them to create some kind of like i mean a bunch of tracks to, to create some kind of uh, of experience and it's the same here and uh, do you have tools like you use to kind of capture that so you said you take notes but do you, do you have like uh, specific tools you would share with the audience so uh, there are tools that I don't particularly use that I know other people producing LinkedIn content are, are quite good. I think one of them may be Feedly. It's like uh, an amalgamation of news articles that you can get and get your ideas from. Um, I have signed up for it, but I don't particularly use it that much. I, I tend to focus, I've got blogs that sales blogs and articles that I, I read uh, or podcasts that I listen to regularly anyway. Uh, and I think just by consuming content yourself, it's going to give you ideas of things. And then again, when it comes into the day to day. Um, but I think that's just the most important is just being involved in watching what's going out there. Uh, and it, so if you don't necessarily know something else that for you to talk about, you know, go onto forums, go onto Quora or go onto Reddit and, and go into these sections that are talking about sales topics and see what are the sort of people, what are the sort of questions that people are actually asking about? Uh, and then think like, how would you go about ask, uh, answering them and then repurpose those? And that's a really good way to kind of get started bit by bit. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same for me with Feedly. I just installed it and uh, don't use it much. But for me, I use Trello for, I'm kind of a big Trello guy. So I have boards everywhere. And yeah. what I like is that I have the app. So most of the time I get my ideas when I'm in weekend or like when I'm not working mm. and um, I capture this idea there. I also have like a voice memo. Um, yeah. Like For example, I was in Mexico a few weeks ago. Uh, my, my fiance is from Mexico and uh, like her, like her mom, you know, is kind of driving me crazy. That's, that's a very normal thing for, you know, like uh, I don't know how you like a son-in-law or something, whatever. Yeah. And so, I was thinking, okay, she's doing something that drives me crazy. What is that? And then I started documenting it. And it was basically like whenever a rep kind of assumes that someone wants to see a demo and then they take you by their hand and they just like yeah. show you the demo. She was doing the same. She took us in the car, was driving down and I was like, man, I just want to stay home. I don't want to be in. And so, yeah. you know, this kind of I voice think, memo is a, is a good thing. I mean, and, and, and you know what, what, I think what you just pointed to there in terms of like uh, writing a, a LinkedIn post, that is so much more powerful than just saying when you're doing X, uh, don't instruct someone, try and show them the way or help them learn. Mm -hmm. yeah. When you tell the story of like, you relate that to, you, okay, your mother-in-law, this is what happened. This is a similar thing that happens in sales. I mean yeah. like that anyone can relate to that because if they're not even in sales, they'll understand through that storytelling. And that's the kind of difference. And again, in the early days, don't, don't worry too much about that. Just get the content out there and then learn. But that's the sort of thing where you start to then optimize. Yeah. Uh, and and storytelling is a, you know, a great way to do that. 
Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, I really love storytelling. For me, it's just like I take the ideas like everywhere in my life. And uh, I mean, I have pictures. I take pictures literally of like plants I buy, of my, my washing machine. I have a story about my washing machine. And uh, I won't tell you because it's super long, but like I'm really kind of tailoring it for my trainings. But it's this kind, this kind of things. And I think it's, it's super cool to take personal stories because everyone or if not everyone, like most people can relate. Sure. Um, and in terms of like content creation, so you told, you told yeah. me you like kind of gathering ideas and taking some time on Sunday to kind of, you know, decide what you want to do. Yeah. How much time would you say it takes it take you to actually create the content for a week, for example? So I'm uh, in the week, I'm just always jotting things down uh, as they come. I'm probably maybe jotting, you know, one to three ideas a day down. And, you know, half of those don't make the cut when I come to actually, you know, write these down. Um, but if I was just doing text posts, it'd probably be a couple of hours. Um, I use either uh, Hootsuite or uh, Buffer. They both have uh, a free uh, version for it. The, and this is just a, a tip for if you, if you need to, I was a bit confused myself when I did this one, but on Buffer, you have to sign up and then basically not just don't add your card or don't upgrade and then you'll give you the free account. But um, so I, what I do is I come to Sunday, I've got all of my notes on my phone. Uh, I then get the uh, scheduler out and start writing the content. Um, if I'm doing videos, what I tend to do with videos, I won't necessarily do them every week. I will spend maybe like one afternoon with the camera and so on and just recording. Uh, I always believe in batch work is the best way to do it. Uh, so for example, I might record three to four videos. I might change my jumper, put a hat on or, or whatever it is. And it's actually just one after the other. Uh, maybe change the lighting slightly in the background and batch that out. And then through the week, I may edit that. But that's, the, that's like the really high quality stuff. Um, otherwise I would again write the post and if I wanted to do a video and it was more like a selfie video I'd write the post in these things like Hootsuite or Buffer uh, and then when I'm coming to record it on the day I would actually just record the message on the day and upload it um, a couple of you know maybe tactical tips um, I found that when you post through those uh, machines they don't necessarily get as much engagement and actually for other content like adding photos or videos um, they're, they're, they're not good because you can't uh, load the native video into them so i would recommend you use it more as like a planner and then just copy and paste it into linkedin and upload natively into linkedin because you'll get more engagement and you can put the actual video yeah. um, so that's kind of like the the general uh, routine but again you know i could spend a couple of hours on one sunday and end up writing two weeks worth of posts um, so it's really not not too not too much work. I think the most of the work is more thinking about the things to write. Um, and you know, back to a question you asked earlier, how could someone just get started? There's so many different ways that we've kind of already discussed, but uh, one really good way is, uh, and this is great for your education in general, pick the, so uh, the topics or subjects you really like learning about. So for me, it's sales, management, and startups and growth environments. So there's a bunch of podcasts I listen to. Uh, and listen to a podcast, uh, and then effectively write from that podcast a couple of key bullet points of the lessons you learn and then repurpose that into a post and then you can tag the person who was in the podcast uh, you know thanking them for it and these are the topics that I put out and here's like maybe a question what do you think and you know link to the podcast underneath and that's great for a few reasons you're curating rather than creating the person that you're uh, summarizing the post on is probably going to engage with you because it's mm -hmm. like, thanks for sharing. That's really great. And then if that is someone who's got a big network and following, they're going to, all their network are going to see their engagement on your post. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, a, it's a really great way. And 
I got that inspiration actually from um, a YouTube channel called Productivity Game. They basically do uh, book reviews in like an animation within like five to 10 minutes. And I always say that's a great way to understand what a book's about before I buy it. Yeah. Uh, but they've just done this whole YouTube channel on just summarizing books. Mm -hmm. And I think there's definitely even a market out there on LinkedIn of just summarizing other people's content into something which is really digestible uh, and easy to use. And again, you don't have to be a senior person to do that. Mm -hmm. You don't have to have learned the skills yourself. You can just be the medium in which you transmit that to, to, yeah. the, to the world on LinkedIn. And so if I was going to say to start with, that's an easy way. Mm -hmm. Anyone that's listening to this, <laughs> recommend them, take the bullet points that they get from this, put it in a post and, and see what happens. Yeah. Are you, are you buying software or are you typically buying things in general in, in your job or, or not really? Uh, is it like tools that we use? Yeah, yourself. Yeah. Do you kind of make decisions on tools that you have to use? Yeah, I mean, it's not my main focus, no, but we're definitely involved in the, in the buying process. Okay. But yeah, for sure. Because I'm, I'm asking, so if anyone has to sell like a tool to Alfie or me, just yeah. like summarize this podcast, tag us, and we're going to be, I'm sure, more than happy to talk with you. That's like... You know, it's, that's a great way to, to do that. And I think it's a super tactical uh, um, tip you gave. I really love it because it's, it's that easy. You know, you just go and you summarize that and you, you really, it's, it's super thoughtful to do that. You know, it's like putting that in your network and people yeah. always like that. It's, it's really, and even if someone is like a super influential, like super famous, like has like hundreds of thousands of followers, they will like yeah. it, they will, they will engage. So it's a good idea. I've, I've, I've had some um, reps outbound uh, prospect me um, and who have taken the content that I've produced or taken the tips and, and repurposed that in their outbound prospect into myself. And I thought that was great because that's someone who's clearly done their research and that's a, that's a great way to kind of get yeah. those tips. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's really, and it's crazy because no one does that. It's uh, that's the thing. There's a huge gap right now where if, if you're in one specific industry, so there's really a small group of people that are doing this kind of thing and, and have this kind of, uh, um, that are really putting the effort because it's kind of a specific effort, you know, but it's, it's really working. So it's it kind of brings me to the, the point, which is more results for you of like what you've been doing. So can you maybe share in terms of leads or engagement or, or like just on your personal brand, what have been the results of this kind of, uh, of work you, you've been putting in? Yeah, sure. I mean, some things are quite hard to quantify, but in, in terms of quantifiable, I, I started uh, like posting on a daily basis uh, in November, uh, like the end of uh, end of November, beginning of December. That's when I started getting uh, Buffer and Hootsuite and actually starting doing the daily posting. And I had about two, two and a half thousand uh, connections at that point. I think that currently at about six and a half thousand. Um, so in, in a couple of months, that's quite good growth from, from there. But I think they're kind of, to be honest, they're like vanity metrics rather than anything. They're not the main things to focus on. That's kind of like mm -hmm. input rather than output. Uh, I think, like you said, the main thing is what happens on the other side. But you know, in that period of time, there's a few different things uh, that come out of that. Um, it's really great for the personal brand of the company. So when people are hiring, uh, when we're hiring and people go through the interview process, even if I'm not engaged personally myself with them, uh, but they hear and see things about the company or it has a brand name. And that really helps in A, the hiring process. Uh, it helps also actually generate inbound uh, leads to the company for uh, hiring and employee brands. So I have a lot of people that we messaging out uh, for positions that we have at Spendesk, which has been fantastic. Uh, been invited on many podcasts, uh, speaking engagements. Uh, and in terms of like the actual pipeline, again, bear in mind that, you know, 
Spendesk is a spend management platform. We sell to CFOs, accounting managers, and financial controllers. I do not really talk about those topics on, on LinkedIn. However, the fact that you're constantly uh, on the top of people's minds and on their, on their feed, if you are in the sales process with these people, uh, it's quite hard to forget you. So yeah. <laughs> I actually um, lost a deal about a year ago it's one of our competitors. Um, and this is, this is when I was uh, close, closing on the market. Uh, and there was a post that I put yesterday. And I, when they got posted, I woke up this morning uh, to a message in my uh, inbox from that person who we'd lost the deal to a year ago. Been like, oh, hey, I see that you're moving to, to the US. Is Spendesk available in the US? Uh, I, you know, I'd love to get set up. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. Let's have a talk. Okay. I booked in a, a call that very day, which is actually today. Uh, and by the end of the day, they've, they've already signed up and are using, uh, use, going to be using Spendesk. So mm -hmm. this is like, that's no uh, outbound prospecting in that place, but it's just you're on the top of people's minds. And yeah. again, I, I'm not sure, I, you know, the people looking at the, listening to this podcast, uh, they're probably going to focus on their pipeline as well. And how does that help? Uh, and with, especially if you're doing outbound prospecting, you've got to catch the right person at the right time. Uh, so that they can actually uh, connect with you and say, I want to buy it. But how do you actually engage with them in all of those days and months of the year that you're not sending those emails or calling them, but they may be thinking about that buying decision. And just that's a perfect way of staying top of mind. So, I mean, this, those are kind of some of the things that have come out of that. Yeah. Yeah, that's, uh, I can really, I really agree on, on you on that, with you on that. And um there's a bunch of things I've also observed, you know, in, in doing, doing this myself. So you, you have the number of followers, which is like clearly a vanity metric. It, it's always great to have a big following, but like it has to be mm. also like with the right person, the person you typically like are selling to. But you get a, a lot of, um, how to say, people like start seeing you uh, as like more an authority, like a thought leader. So for me, it's like I never call myself a thought leader, an influencer, whatever, an expert. I will never do this. I let, you know, if people want to think I am, I let them say it, you know, I think that's, that's the way to approach that. And mm -hmm. you know, that's, you know, that's it. And, um, but then people start seeing you and asking you more advice. And then you have like people from bigger companies. And, and for me, as I'm selling sales training and coaching, I've got mm -hmm. like my ICPs, that's like people are starting to really approach me, contact me, ask me questions and, mm -hmm. and seeing me more as an authority. So that really yeah. helped. And also for the, uh, more tactical part for when you're doing outbound, I think when you're creating all that content, you can use it for your outbound. So you can provide this value. And as you say, stay top of mind. So for me, it's like when you're in SDR, I think it's like you create the content, you, you, you kind of generate that regularly and yeah. then you can approach people. So for me, I have like a sequence where I just add everyone in my SCP, my list, and I give them a link to the podcast. And I got a lot yeah. of people say, Hey man, really cool. Thanks a lot for the podcast. And, and yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's some, something is crazy because it's, it's there. You are speaking. People can take it all over the world. They, they can they're take it in planes. So you are speaking all the time to hundreds of people yeah. while you're sleeping, while you're doing something else. So it's, it's, it's a great, great way. Yeah. And, and to, to further on to, to what you're saying, it's so true. And, and again, like vanity metrics and connections or whatever it may be, it's, it's kind of, um, <clears throat> it's all very well and good. But again, it's what does that create in the real, you know, the material world? Uh, and yeah. there's, there's people that will message, <clears throat> message myself 
to ask for, uh, you know, to, to talk shop or they got some, uh, they just started managing a team for the first time or they're opening up a new market uh, and just, you know, ask to have advice on that. And this is like, they're not outbound prospecting. It's literally just sharing knowledge. Um, and I do as much of that as I can, because I think that A, it's a great way to share the knowledge on like a more uh, one-to-one basis. And you learn a lot by speaking to people also. Uh, but through these connections, they do come into the real world. You'll be in an event and people will recognize your face or your voice because of these things and it opens up conversations a lot more easily it gives you more legitimacy or credibility in those conversations and yeah. i think that's the thing that's really powerful it's what happens outside of the platform yeah. uh, it, itself and what does that really create and, and i think that yeah people should especially when you're starting out think about those things as well because it's yeah. very easy to just focus on like the the vanity metrics yeah yeah i wasn't at an event yesterday actually uh, in, in, in Germany, it's called Sales Masters. It's like one of the best events in Berlin for sales. If you want to hire in, in Germany, you should ask uh, Nicola to come there. It's really cool. Um, okay. And um, You have to tell me this after the podcast. I'll write yeah, it down. I'll, t- I'll tell you that it's really perfect for hiring. And uh, there's only salespeople. And it's really crazy. And uh, like I was talking with a guy and when I was talking, there's three people who came to me and said, hey, hi, Thibaut, how are you doing? And it's like, yeah, hi, hi, hi. And it's like, the guy was like, are you famous? I was like, no, but you know, it's like, these people, they, they hear you. And, and in the podcast, actually, it's, um, we do that with my fiance, Ara. So we mm. talk a lot and we even call each other Bay on the podcast. And she's in sales also. She's really a, a like really successful enterprise saleswoman. And so we kind of talk like we would talk in the, uh, you know, at home. And people yeah. really like it. They're like, oh my God, that's amazing what you're doing. And, uh, and that's, yeah. that's really the thing. Then people kind of like enter, you know, they, they get the impression you enter in their lives and they got the impression they know you. So that's the same, you know, I got the impression I know you forever, you know, but we just, you know, we just talked a few minutes. So I think that's really powerful. And uh, yeah, there's a huge gap right now for that. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, going back to like, you've got to have a why, like, why, why are you doing, why are you doing this stuff? Is that what's, what's the reason behind that? And I always think that if you're working really hard in the workplace, like your team and your managers are going to know like what you're doing and obviously the company is going to reap the benefits Mm -hmm. of your actual work in terms of output Um, but if you ever go to change your jobs or change career it's it's like they're only going to know what's on your cv what you tell them uh, and if they have a reference check with you Mm -hmm. and it's like it's a great way to share everything that you've learned the expertise that you've built and build that kind of credibility with just the entire you know industry or network that you're that you're in. So it, it it's just a fantastic way to promote the hard work that you're doing and really just you know 10x the 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 output of, of that hard yeah, work. Exactly. Yeah. So perfect. So now we I think we have around five minutes remaining. So now it's like you well deserved it. So it's the time for you to kind of talk about whatever you're selling, hiring, whatever whatever you want to talk. You can plug anything. So yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you very much. So, I mean, maybe it's just a, it'd be good to you know, tell the audience actually what, what Spendless does. So we are a spend management platform and, and principally we help companies better manage the way they spend money in the workplace. Uh, and that's effectively payment methods like virtual and physical cards attached to a platform and really focus on putting a process in place. Um, it's a huge market that is uh, really growing and it's, a, it's effectively a new product category. Um, and I think the main thing that I'd like to get over to the audience is we are hiring uh, like crazy. We're scaling up a lot. We're hiring in London, Berlin, uh, Paris, and San Francisco. So if you are interested in joining that journey, then please do get in contact. Uh, And we're hiring for a lot of different positions, but particularly SDRs and and account executives. And I talked with Nicola actually uh, at SaaS Talk and uh, for SDRs. 
in Berlin, they pay well, really. So uh, yeah, that's uh, that's really uh, really a good, a good um, I think a good company to to go, and you're gonna learn. They have have crazy opportunities, so I think it's uh, it's great. And um, so, where can people get more of you and follow you? Actually, yeah, I think probably the best place is is LinkedIn. Um, if you want to shoot me a, a, an email, it's Alfie at spendes.com, but it's uh, Alfie Issa Marsh uh, on LinkedIn. It's going to be the best place for you to go. If you want to check out more about Spendesk, it's spendesk.com. That's spendesk.com. Uh, and I think they're probably the best places. Okay. Yeah, I've actually had a demo of Spendesk. Really love it. I don't use it because it's a bit expensive for me and it's more for like teams. But it's, um, it's, it's definitely something really interesting. And uh, if you are actually a control freak in finance, that's the, that's the tool for you because you can really give credit cards to everyone but make sure they don't like burn all your money. So I think it's great. Exactly. Good. So um, thanks so much, Afi, for coming on the podcast. Uh, I'm going to add all these links there. And uh, yeah, hope to to meet you in person soon. Definitely. Yeah, welcome. Come over to Paris or San Francisco or I'll have to come over to Berlin and uh, have a pint with you. But thanks a lot for, for bringing me on. I had a really great conversation. Thanks.